Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So boys, I was sitting on my sofa last night. My wife turns to me and she says, that's a nice smart mm-hmm. one. <laughs> I was like, yep. She's showing me her email. She's like, oh, look oh, at this no. one. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, uh, I know. Uh, yeah, we, this, this kind of fall, we have a new limited edition, which is like fall chocolatey. And the, someone in the studio, one of our employees was like, maybe we should do some kind of brown chocolatey one. But that was like in the spring. And so we were like, eh, it's not the right time. And then it just was like, I think wedged in our collective heads. We were like, let's do it. But we didn't know what brown, you know, because brown is like a color that, uh, it's like a color where you're like, I don't know, is this nice? But I think in the context of fall and like the photos we took, it it uh, it feels pretty good. So yeah, we have like a nice autumn it does not feel like autumn here in Austin. That's part of the problem. Is it like still feels like summer? It's still like ninety degrees, and it's like, is it really fall? Oh, there's actually like a little pumpkin behind me. If you're watching this podcast on, and there's in this video clip, there's a pumpkin behind me. That I shot the pin on, but uh, so it's like, I think it's technically fall, but it doesn't feel like it here. But anyways, do you ever get fall in Austin? Yeah, 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 totally. Like a fall it's just, feel. It, okay. By now, it would usually. The summer will have would have broken, but I think it just hung on because it was so intense this summer. It just hold on a couple mm-hmm. more weeks, but this week it's supposed to like get into the seventies, like for the high and stuff. So, I, huh. it's yeah, it's it's here. So I have a que- I have a question for you on these images. So I'm looking on the page here, right, and I see said pumpkin mm-hmm. as a background. I see some marshmallows, yeah. which I love. What is the other thing? This like curly <laughs> cinnamon twist. <laughs> it's cinnamon sticks. Cinnamon sticks. Yeah, like a bunch of cinnamon sticks. Very cool. <laughs> Who art directed this shoot? Me. Someone was on. Well, we got to, we as a brainstorm, we all kind of thought about what it would be fall stuff. And we had a lot more ideas too, like sweaters and all kinds of stuff. Leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We, well, you know, here's leaves. the problem with the leaves. We don't have okay. fall leaves here really. And so we could buy <laughs> fake them. ones, but they would be yeah. look fake. So yeah. we decided not to do leaves. But okay. yeah, we kind of have this pattern of just like, doing some texture behind the pin and it's a nice, nice like pattern and so yeah my idea was like oh marshmallows the marshmallow one's the winner i think well i think everyone was kind of like mm-hmm. i don't know about marshmallows maybe I, I think people's feedback internally we were like that's more like a Christmassy winter thing but i think it just works really well with the color and whatever mm-hmm. so yes, that's why that's why i like yeah. it yeah. it's just chocolate right like if we, if we remove the four part from it yeah, yeah. it's just a chocolate pen. yeah yeah, and you you know chocolate marshmallows. But the thing that is the most interesting to me here is that this is the first Mark Three mm-hmm. that has received the limited edition treatment. So yeah, we we finally had like kind of the bandwidth and the space to do like a Mark Three tag along as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, we don't know what to think about it. Uh, we'll see if it's a problem. I don't think. It will be a problem with like fulfillment or anything. So it might be that in the future we just kind of do both. I don't know. We haven't decided, but it definitely makes a lot of sense. So I don't know. We're yeah. I think it's good. I mean, one interesting 
bit of data we've learned just after the first day of sales is very few people are buying just the Mark III. They're either buying the Mark I or the Mark I and the Mark III as a set. So that's a little bit surprising to me. I was a little bit dubious that the whole buy this as a matching set thing would be, which some people would obviously do that, but would a decent amount of people do that? I didn't know. And the answer appears to be yes. So that seems like a smart thing we could, you know, we can and should continue on as having these available. Mm -hmm. And then the Mark, you know, where does the Mark II factor into this? Like, are we just uh, do all limited editions? We just offer all of our mm. instruments in the colors, or are we kind of picking and choosing yeah. steel? Like, still, like what gets what colors? So, well, yeah. I think that like if you were thinking of it as a set, the Mark II doesn't fit, right, yeah. right, right, because the three and the one they're the same design mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. They're like, really the same. Like, I know that all three of them obviously share it, but, Yeah, like, we designed them together. And... They are. I mean, because people are buying them as a desk set. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why you yeah. would buy both. Mm -hmm. Like, it, nice. it makes sense to me that, that yeah. people would want both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's made sense to me a long time, too. I'm glad Dan's finally on board. <laughs> Jeez, what? Man. She's Dan. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll see. I mean, who knows what will who knows what will happen? And we might, you know, the next limited edition is number ten, so Woo. we don't have a plan yet. X. But yeah, who knows? That's what I was saying. X. L E X. Yeah. <laughs> Lex Friedman <laughs> podcast. Um, Mark Onex. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we gotta call it. Yeah. So I don't it's know. We'll see. <laughs> it's fun. It's nice. We really, I think we we want to do several a year. And I think we're just kind of pretty comfortable just throwing them out there. And if people want them, they get them. And yep. so, yeah, it feels good. It, uh, it's a nice, it's a nice one. It's fun to do. It really, it is really fun to do the, like, just like simple photography thing. And, and now that we kind of have a little bit of a formula, it's easier to, uh, do that, you know? Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice. One thing I'm somewhat wary of and curious about I don't where the past two editions were the Robin's egg, which was kind of billed as a summery one. And now this is kind of marketed as like the fall color. I don't want to get in this seasonal trap where it's like, Oh, these no, need to relate to a season or something. But also I think it's true what Thomas saying where like the Brown one didn't feel right in the summer for whatever reason. So there's just something to be aware of moving forward is like, I don't want to get stuck in a pattern where it's like, Oh, this is, these are connected to the seasons in some way. Um, which, yeah. Well, I mean, we we'll just play it by ear. The world is our oyster. You can make a pearlescent one, like an oyster. Yeah, I know. We, well, we, yeah, we've thought about that. That has been bantied around quite, I think, I believe <laughs> on the whiteboard in the studio, there's a, pearlescent question mark <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i think i think there's also like we need to push on the the knock colors we could do some uh we could like push our supplier to do things that they wouldn't normally do and see if we can get some different results uh so hmm. there yeah i think there's lots of options uh say on the cerakote side this, I, I it this is said to be true but i like to think of it as a like an urban legend. <laughs> You're familiar with Caveco 
fountain pens? Uh, yeah. So the guy who uh, runs Caveco, his name is Michael Gubrelet, which is just like one of the best names <laughs> ever, I think. Uh, they make a pen called the Caveco Lilliput, and they have a um, a version of it which is like torched brass. You know, like when you you like you dark, know, like patina with flame. Is it like mm. a rainbow or is it just dark? It's like a rainbow. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He treated. It is yeah. said that the chairman of the company does them himself. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. And I, I, Brad always tells me to say it's true, and I just, I just don't believe it. But <laughs> I like to believe it at the same time. That he just like apparently in his office, he always has a stack. Whenever he wants to, he just flames some pens. You know? <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. I could see that. It's like a nice thing. I yeah. Unfortunately, with PVD, that's not going to happen. It's in a vacuum chamber and very expensive equipment. On the Cerakote side, I definitely used to spray the tests and stuff, like, or mix the colors. You know, like if we do a custom cover with someone, I will often like mix it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely that. I mean, like the color choosing and stuff feels very um, close to the ch- chest, you know, kind of like we pick it internally. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, these processes are not as simple as picking up a lighter a blowtorch in your office mm-hmm. but it would be cool but i'd like the idea of like you know maybe there could be like the mark one dan edition you know and like yeah oh yeah every version of it like dan put something on it well that's like collaborations i want to do collaborations and if anyone out there is like listening and was like would want to i'm very open to us starting to do some collaborations uh with people i just think it'd just be fun you know like and i think it's actually a place where like often we don't want to put a logo or something on a limited edition because it makes it too opinionated kind of like it's like yes we could have put a like a pumpkin or a leaf on this fall one but it really makes it fall and so it just doesn't feel we want to kind of be more neutral than that but i think if we're doing a collaboration with like an artist or an illustrator or something then we're fine with it being like as full-on opinionated as possible it'd be better the more opinionated it is so Mm. i would like to just start doing some collaborations um it's like we would help some creator or something make their custom version and they it's like for their audience and it just feels like fun and uh, there could be a lot of things going on so you know when we have kind of time i can attest to this being a good experience yeah mike knows all about it to this to this experience Gets five stars from me. We're fun to work with, right? <laughs> I think so. I think no. so. Five stars, five stars. <laughs> Would work again, you know? Yeah, so I don't know. I think, I think there's like like approaching someone who maybe have like not thought of doing some physical thing before and be like, hey, you know, you could and like helping them. You know, with you, Mike, you kind of know what you want and it's like clear, right? There's a clear thing, but it's like it could be someone who's just like not ever done something. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. But we got to get through the holidays first. Yeah, I'd like to follow up on the keen. Mm. Very good finish there. Yeah. For the knife. Finish strong. Thank you, John Gruber. Uh, thank you, John Gruber. <laughs> 1,465 backers at the end, which I think is yeah. a, that's a rip-roaring success. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It uh, it feels like, a, I think that's kind of what the Mark, around the Mark II it is size or there roughly it's like a hundred yeah. unit difference yeah mm-hmm. and um 
or just the number of backers, because that's really what it comes down to. It's just like number mm-hmm. of backers. And uh, yeah, it feels good. I mean, I think I actually think the Mark II has a lot of room to grow, like in our like lineup. Um, and I hope that this Keen is the same way, where it's like a really good start. And I like the idea of having these products that are just like solidly in there, and like we can be like, yeah, we're gonna make this for like a decade. And so it feels like it's off to a good start with that, where it's like, feels like a solid thing. There was decent demand. And so we can kind of really buckle down. And it's interesting right now, because right now we're in this, the, the like design phase we're in now is like, okay, like put all of the touches you can. It's like, this is really like, we're trying to head towards like getting the f- final production sample, like final, final, and then production. And it's just like, not only are we doing that for this first round of Kickstarter, but it's also kind of really sets the design for the future. And like, now's the time to really kind of make sure we've made all the right decisions and stuff. Cause it's kind of harder to, once you get momentum and it's like in your lineup and you you're choosing between just reordering what you've done in the past and like getting in there and doing a new revision there's like a real conflict there because it's easy to just be like, ah, let's just keep it how it is, you know, instead of revising it. And so now it's kind of like the last moment to just like any kind of tweaks or making sure we are okay with something. And this is all like little technical details, yeah. but it's just like, anyways, it's like an interesting, it's like an interesting kind of like last gasp of like any design, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> any design revision stuff where it's like, oh, yeah. So it's always, it's like a little nerve wracking. It's like exciting, but it's also nerve wracking because it just feels like a real, you're really cementing your decisions in stone kind of. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it's an interesting time in the product development cycle. But yeah, it's good. I had something I wanted to talk to the two of you about. Mm. Mm. So this is, I'm going to read from The Verge. This is from Jess Weatherhead at The Verge. Johnny Ive is reportedly in discussions with OpenAI to build the, quote, iPhone of artificial intelligence. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman is looking to use Ive's design firm Lovefrom to develop OpenAI's first consumer device, with the duo having discussed what such a product would look like during brainstorming sessions at Ive's San Francisco studio. According to three people familiar with the plan, Ivan Altman are aiming to create a device that provides a, quote, more natural and intuitive user experience to interact with artificial intelligence. The duo have taken inspiration from how the touchscreen technology on the original iPhone helped revolutionize our interaction with the mobile internet. And the movie Her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I I actually wanted to talk about Her. Have you seen Her, Mike? Do you know I've not, but I've put it oh. on my list high. Yeah. I, I, it, for a while, everyone was talking about it, which made me not want to watch it, right? Like yeah. recently. And now I'm like, ah, maybe I should watch it because yeah. I think it's, it's all this device stuff. From a design, like human interaction point of view, I think it's absolutely worth watch well it like posits a world you know yeah so yeah let's talk about that that's so when i watched it i did not think oh this is uh this is an interesting proposal for the future of human computer interaction i thought oh they obviously did it this way because it's the most cinematic like you can 
have a conversation now with two human, two human actors is just dialogue. You can write dialogue. You can listen to dialogue. It becomes a movie then where if someone is interacting with a screen that creates obstacles cinematically for, for moving the narrative forward and, and mm-hmm. being compelling. So I didn't really ever take it as like, Oh, what an interesting vision of the future. It was like, well, of course they did it this way. Cause now they can have dialogue and p- two things talking to each other. But that all said, what if it is the future? <laughs> like, you know, what, what if that is where we're heading, where you actually are just having a conversation with this AI type thing? I mean, I think it's like most things that are new. And like, we've had this discussion with virtual reality and augmented reality and stuff too, where it doesn't have to wholesale replace all computing interactions as we know it to be successful. You're not going to want to talk to your computer on a crowded subway, but there are certainly moments in life where having a conversation is a much better interaction than tapping on a screen or, or whatever. So Will this have a place in, in our future lives? I think certainly it already does with, you know, the broken Siri and things like that. Like we we use these pretty flawed systems because they've shown their utility already. But is this going to be wholesale like, oh, everyone is walking down the street and talking to themselves uh, like lunatics because, you know, they, that's how we interact with computers. Like I, that doesn't seem realistic to me. Yeah. That um, I saw this week on the internet, this kind of like hacker, hacker, indie hacker guy, um, and there's several of them, has this device called Tab, which is like a prototype, but he's trying to commercialize it, where basically it's like a necklace you wear that just literally listens to you all day in the conversations you have and just develops a lot of contextual awareness so that then you can like query it for, it's just like an AI, but that it's just gathering data about your conversations and stuff all day. Um and and then obviously I think we probably all saw that uh, fashion I forget which designer but the fashion show that had the little pendant thing oh right? that's humane yeah humane yeah okay yeah that thing which you know I have a lot of resistance to this idea of like a projector on your hand or whatever but anyway so <laughs> I think it's clear that like there's this idea of data tracking contextual awareness is like a real feature and a real thing. Like even if the device is not like you're talking to it all the time, having something kind of privately gathering data as like a way to remind you of things or whatever is like, that is to me feels like there are so many value adds embedded in that, that that's going to be a huge, a huge part of this. Um, But yeah, I agree that it's like, there will not be a lot of context where talking to your AI, like a conversation would make sense, but I could totally see like, let's say you're walking around the streets of New York and then you stop and you're like looking at this view and you're like, Oh my God, you like, you could kind of talk to it in a really simple way, like a little phrase or something. And if it's already there all the time, then that might do a ton of stuff like, Oh, remember this or, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that it's really, 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 really hard to predict like what kind of hardware or human inter- computer interaction we want because we just like do not know 
mm-hmm. the cultural and like like value that's possible in these things. It's like such a tr- weird thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's. Um, I think it is like far too early. The thing that I read, Mike, when when I saw this was, oh, they're too early, but it's good that they're too early, kind of thing. Like I don't think that we know nearly enough to be able to make the quote iPhone of iPhone of uh, artificial intelligence because the value that artificial intelligence will give us or the value that we want out of it is so unknown right now that it's like impossible to. And we need to remember how many touch smartphones and smartphones we had before the iPhone. Yeah. So like, yeah. But if you're open AI, like you gotta try, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I'm glad they're trying. It's great. It's a great try. Uh, but I just, yeah, I agree. I don't think we're anywhere near an iPhone level of. It's also interesting that I mean, when we started this conversation, we were talking about her, and we were kind of making an assumption of, oh, this is a voice activated conversation that you're having with the UI. There isn't like a visual interface to it. And that should be built into a smartphone with AirPods or whatever. Like, why do you need a new device to talk to a thing? Like we already just like build it into the software partner with Apple or whatever. Like that seems like the way forward. So it starts to get interesting when you're thinking, if you go down the path of like, oh, maybe it isn't this voice to voice conversation, but if it's also not something you could do on the screen of your iPhone, then what is it like, what is the interaction? Well, why isn't it an Apple watch? Right. Right. Yeah. Or the Apple watch. Yeah. Like some, or or some other like little puck, you know, like a whoop or whatever. I just ordered a whoop in. It's like that thing is made to go on your bicep, on your wrist, like on your, Mm -hmm. like you can move it around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Like, is this a little puck that's anonymous? That yeah, maybe wants like, to see out into the world. Yeah, that yeah, that was what I was going to say. Is like how how much if is this is about data gathering versus the kind of conversational aspect? Like, is an outward facing always on camera, like as a little pendant or something that you wear? Is is that you know part of what this is? Which obviously has huge obstacles in terms of privacy and privacy battery life and any, uh, any but we're cut surrounded by cameras like at this yeah, point, yeah that i mean it's not that different sailed yeah right? like yeah yeah but like because also this week or this past week there was the the new version of the meta ray-ban glasses right yeah and exactly they're saying mm-hmm. that like like they're building their ai into it and they say by next year you'll be able to ask the ai questions and it will use the cameras to see what you, like you'll be able to say like what's that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Right, and so like that is like a super interesting idea. And I was listening to an interview that Mark Zuckerberg did uh, with Alex Heath on The Verge, and he was saying that like, oh, you know, we've been working on these sunglasses, and you know, we thought that we were like years and years away from anything useful with it, but like we wanted to get going. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, but we've now realized that the hologram stuff in in an AI mixed reality space, we're still going to work in it. We think it will be good, but the AI stuff has moved so fast that we can just integrate that into this technology now and this product becomes like super useful now in a way that we didn't think it would be. And it's like, oh boy. That's both interesting and kind of like intimidating in a way, I I feel like. 
I mean, it's coming fast. I mean, I'm, yeah. I am, I follow. <laughs> it's pretty easy. There's a couple people on like Twitter or X, I suppose, that are really good at like aggregating like AI news and so- like tools and progress. And it's like, I'm mean, like, I'm like a techno futurist opt- optimist person, and it's like kind of crazy how fast things are going like the the because because i think like llama 2 and like all this other facebook's doing open source it's like not a it's not open ai but there are so many like in you know mid 20 year old people that are like indie hackers that are just like coming up with like use case use case and so yeah it's it's pretty shocking the speed at which things are happening and so yeah again i think it's like there's gonna be a lot the world will be littered with like little devices and you know it's that's what we'll use to explore like where the value really is like how we want to interact with this stuff when it's technology and then something like the iphone or something will come out and maybe this like johnny i've loved from thing maybe this is like a five-year project like maybe they're like yeah Mm -hmm. we we're not even gonna try for anything recent we need to you know who knows what they're timeline is it's also just like i find it like an interesting flex like from altman he didn't yeah. Yeah. johnny ive i don't think like yeah i think a lot yeah i agree i think a lot of people would probably like think oh it's the guy who made the iphone it's like well okay maybe and <laughs> and so yeah it feels like i don't know it's probably not where the solution is going to come but from, it's like but. if if ive does it it's yeah like, but that's I- also really that's just very interesting to me of like why would he like what uh, is it well i know why i can answer that question i Go think on. i have a Go hypothesis on. if that happened it's because of the same thing with that clown nose where you're used to you have the resources and the experience and you're used to play, making the huge bet like yeah, yeah. we're going to actually invest mm-hmm. in a 3 year research project or R&D keep it quiet for 3 years we know how to make things at hyperscale and so we won't be afraid of some like manufacturing process or whatever trying to like cram this in cuz i would imagine most people making these devices now would be like a studio neatish approach like a hardware startup where it's like yeah we got to play within these specific bounds. We got to do this thing. And if you're in a position like Love From likely is, or definitely open AI, where it's like, yeah, we can, we know that we're going to make this and sell like 100 million units. So we're going to make it in this different way. That's how. But that's, that's the thing, though. Like, would you know that? You wouldn't know it, but you would have the, at least the, maybe the courage. Yeah to be able to even design something like that. Whereas no small hardware startup is going to ever do that. And so that might be the secret sauce, right? Where it's like, we're actually going to do this courageous thing because we have the resources or whatever, or we're like used to it or whatever. That would be my guess is like how someone could pull it off twice. I don't think it's that Johnny Ive is like an absolute genius, right? I think it's, there's some structural stuff that really enables that would be my guess. I think it also speaks to... My hypothesis about Johnny Ive is he really does like to be designing in the space and living in the space of the kind of new and exciting and cutting edge. And one of the reasons he left Apple is he was getting bored with designing hard yeah. rectangles. The problems have been solved. Long. Like yeah. it, it was all, uh, yeah, it was resolved and 
there yes maybe the car the whole car thing was like to appease johnny i feel like Ooh, look at this new thing uh we don't have a building for you anymore do you want to make a car <laughs> yeah no the building is perfect like here's another project that is like interesting to you and kind of new yeah. and exciting and apple kind of like ran out of that stuff for him which I'm, I'm guessing that's my theory is like part of why he left is. And so I think these new projects are rekindle that flame of kind of this is a cutting edge kind of new exciting territory yeah. to play in. I just wonder like it's, it feels risky. Like I, but like the thing is, I don't know. I don't know what he thinks about legacy wise. Like I don't. You know what I mean? Like, because we know we know so little about him. Oh, you mean risky for his legacy? Yes. Like he fails or something? Like, well, what if this thing is just like you know? Mm. Let's just imagine there's like a thing and it comes out, but nobody wants it, right? Because it's like, well, by that time, this exists and this exists and this exists, and then, yeah, it feels like a will I am kind of situation. Although, uh, <laughs> right? But like that yeah. would be my concern for him. If yeah. I was to have concern for him in this scenario, and but it's like, I maybe he doesn't care about that kind of stuff. I don't know. My guess is he couldn't be that good of a designer or design leader if he wasn't willing to take the risk. You know what I mean? Like, I, I my guess is that mm-hmm. the thing that makes him a good design leader, which is by the way what he is, right? I don't even is just like a design leader is that yeah. he's willing to risk his take the risk right to do something new and if he was to do it like i agree like that would be the thing right that like but it's just i don't know what the thing that makes that i'm so fascinated about with johnny ive is his record right like that's so fascinating Mm -hmm. like yeah the the, his body of work is so obscene Mm -hmm. and it's you know i just find that so interesting like oh you did the iMac and you did the iPhone and you did the iPad. It's like, oh, you made these products that like changed the world forever. That feels like a, a, a maybe, and maybe that is another reason why you leave her as well, where it's like, I can't, I can't live like that. <laughs> you know, like I want to yeah. make a red nose and a seal yeah. and a, you know, and now <laughs> not everything like, has to yeah. be so big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you say that, but then the, the the thing that is strange to me about this particular relationship is like it's played to be big, right? So like yeah. OpenAI is the leader mm-hmm. and it's backed by SoftBank and they're going to put like a gajillion Billion dollars, dollars into or whatever, it, right? Yeah. And, they're, and they're like, because they also own ARM. So it's all going to like, and it feels like it to me feels like a, a kind of king making scenario, like is what yeah. they're trying to do. And so then it's like, but then you're not playing around in the small space. You're like all eyes on. And then, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's just, yeah. it's a very intriguing and interesting thing to which maybe nothing ever comes. Yeah, but I mean, it makes sense if you're SoftBank or OpenAI and you're 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 going to put a billion dollars into this, like there's who else in the world yep. has had a track record of like, yeah, I will steer that amount of resources and make something good. Like, that's a really hard thing to do, right? To, to steer that amount of resources and, and resolve something that is stays opinionated. Like, although the iPhone is, like, very restrained and neutral, it's opinionated. Yeah. Like, and so, you know, that's you usually in a large organization or whatever, there's no opinion because it's just, like, committee and you can't steer it. But somehow Johnny Ive, we think, in Apple was able to keep 
a clear vision, even with this massive ship that he's like driving. Well, I guess the question is, does Apple not want this device? Does Apple not want something like this? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they do. I bet you their tact, though, would be like what Dan was suggesting. Like, let's it's just going in the iPhone or it's going in the watch going or whatever. AirPods or, or, yeah. yeah, AirPods, yeah. And why add this a third device? Which I think is the big question in this as from a design brief. It's just like, obviously, it probably wants to be a thing that's not a phone that is like on your person somehow or wearable or else it would just be a phone. And then it's like, okay, well, how is it differentiated from a phone or like a watch or what? And so, and how does it tie into this? Is I think their biggest, I think would be their biggest problem is like, how will it tie into the main device that people carry around? I, yeah, I don't know. It depends. I mean, it, it, it seems like the input, like we know the inputs, right? Like we know the inputs. The inputs are talking to it, touching it. And so that data, like speech, even if it's getting processed by somebody or whatever, is easy to get onto a phone. Like, we already do that. That's the same. Mm-hmm. Same with touch, like sending the data. So I don't think those are the problems. Mm-hmm. The other thing is feedback. So, like, the output of that, this theoretical device is the real tricky thing. It's like, is it just talking back to you? Is there some haptic thing? That's where it gets dicey, I think, with, like, connecting to a phone or, like, a yeah. is it its own island? Or is it connected to a phone? Yeah, I don't know. These are all huge questions, obviously. But I don't know. It doesn't feel, though, that like it's interesting because this problem space, there's nothing new. The only thing that's new is like the software. But it's not like there's some new hardware revolution or technology that has enabled this. It's literally a software thing, which is really kind of interesting because right. usually it's the other way around it's like oh right but then what what was the innovation of the iphone uh clarity of vision and design but like was it the software or was it the hardware like both realistically together what made that thing a success you think it's above them? just doing it good for the first time i think yeah i think what's interesting about this is i mean the wording here in the quote you pulled from the verge uh develop open ai's first consumer device And so a question I would have is kind of how early in the process is this? Like, are they bringing Johnny Ive in as a design thinker and who I credit as, I mean, we've talked in the past about really wanting him to write a book that just is outlines his kind of design philosophy and his design thinking. Like he could come in early and they're like, what is this thing? And they all decide together oh, this actually is just a software layer. We have all the necessary devices that can connect to this. This doesn't need its own separate device. Or have they already kind of decided we're making this thing, we want you to design you know, the shell for it, which is less exciting. Well, I've got another quote for you. The Altman, Ive, and Son, which is the SoftBank CEO project, is still in its early stages, and several different ideas for the device are still being considered. While no deal has been confirmed and details surrounding the project are slim, the discussions are said to be serious. I mean, if they're throwing around a billion dollars as a budget, it's a hardware thing, for yeah. certain. Mm-hmm. And it's a multi-year yeah. project. I mean, yeah. you can't spend a billion dollars in two years right so yeah i mean it just feels this just feels like smart planning and i hope i honestly hope they're like we're not gonna release anything for three years 
you know, and we're going to like do it right. That would be, yeah. to me, that's actually what will do it. Yeah. You know? I think anything before, anything before the next two years or three years is like not actually going to be it. No. It's going to be too much time of us all figuring it out. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting to, uh, to kind of understand <laughs> what it, what is the human threshold for all these devices? It's like, we, I feel like we've, we've been successfully adding onto the iPhone and we haven't hit like a, a wall yet. It's like, first it was just the iPhone. Then we added the Apple watch to that. That's fine. Did not replace the iPhone in any way, but many people are fine having both. And that's all good. We have AirPods now again, everyone's fine with that. Now three things to charge <laughs> instead of two, like, you know, we're still doing okay. And so, and now we're going to have like vision pro and stuff, which again is not replacing anything, probably yet another like additive experience. So it's like, is there, are we going to uh, at some point reach a, a threshold where it's like, all right, I'm kind of tired of charging seven devices every night. Like, can <laughs> we, can we call it back or combine in some ways? You know, I, I, I don't know what the way forward is. One thing I do believe pretty firmly and this is not a bold prediction by any stance but it it, it is going to be like that where everything is kind of floating around the iphone Mm -hmm. in the same way that we've had laptops for 30 plus years basically unchanged like improved obviously but it's a hinged thing with a screen on top and keyboard and a pointing device built into it 30 years going strong. I see no reason to think laptops are going away anytime soon. I feel the same way about the smartphone. Like I could see my grandkids using a hard rectangle smartphone like thing. And I would not be surprised by that. There's going to be other stuff. There's going to be other things floating around to it, but it's going to look different. Yeah. Right. But like the, the fundamentals the same. Yeah. I think that's a very durable. It's a very durable form factor that, I think is going to, you know, last a very long time. I mean, and really it's the connection to the network, right? And and we have physics yeah. to contend with and you need antennas and that's not going to probably change anytime soon. So like, sure, they'll get smaller and better, but like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I agree. I don't think the Apple Watch or some wearable puck is going to probably be the main interface you want for a lot of the things that we do to interface with the network. A, just the antenna and whatever, but also just that visual. Like, no one wants a smaller iPhone screen. We could have that if we wanted. We want it. We know what the size is for humans that we want. So the things we obviously want are, like, way longer battery life and thinner, but, like, not smaller screens. So I agree. I think that 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 kind of as a tether and, like, the connection to the network will remain probably – and yeah, I agree. I think, I, I don't know. I, I see though that like, if you can get a camera, if you can get, I think body sensors, like, you know, what the Apple watch is doing right now for people, but oh, there's all these different stuff, Fitbits and all that stuff. That's going to remain like you want a biofeedback thing. Maybe it's a patch or whatever, but like, that's going to be a key part. But then being able to, for something to be listening to you and probably honestly watching everywhere you go is I think that there'll be so much value built up around that. But in like five years from now, we will not be questioning whether you want a camera looking about where you're going 
like looking out in front of you or something all the time. I think we'll be so used to yeah. that and we'll get so much value from it that that's not going to go away. And so it's like yeah, I, I I do think that society at large would be surprised at how quick they would be willing to accept that. Right. Oh yeah, especially if same with like self-driving cars. Because yeah. it's and and like and if you hear what I'm saying, you're like, oh no way. But like, there weren't phones in everybody's pockets that had cameras on them, and we accepted that real fast. Right, like very fast. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Right. That literally every person in the street has a camera. Like that was not a thing, and then all of a sudden it was a big thing, and we just moved on. You know. Yeah, I think someone wearing a little pendant or glasses with a camera on it is going to feel the same way as someone having eyes looking at you. Like, you're just going to be like, oh, that person, I'm in public and that person can see me (laughs) and I'm okay with that. Like, it's going to be, you're going to feel the same way about Or when people like recording, you know, you just kind of be like, oh, that person's recording. Okay. Mm And I obviously we'll have to like develop all these social cues and heuristics about like there'll probably be a recording light on all these devices. Or probably it could be law, like a law that's developed where it's like you have to have a little signal that this thing is recording or not or whatever. Oh, there definitely will be. I'm, I, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, like I'm sure. Which would even be better than what we have today, right? Because our iPhones yeah, exactly. do not have a recording light on them. No. Maybe they should though, right? Like maybe they. Well, I think you know because you hold it up, yeah. right? It's like you know yeah. what that person's doing. Yeah. But if you are <laughs> if you know that you have a thing on all the time and your friend does and you're sitting down at a thing, we're going to want social, like ways to like heuristically be like, hey, this is off the record, right? And so that's going to have to happen. It's like people putting their phone down. Like I could imagine like a... F- like you know, like these things they pin to us, but they're like magnetic, and like if you take it off, the like the pin stays on, but you could like take it off the magnet, right? And that means it's off. Like yeah, it's I'm off sure. Now, yeah. Right? I'm, yeah, I'm sure. So, so that's the to me that's the uh, like that's probably where the foothold is for like who dominates this is like whoever gets that form faster and like starts building the heuristic, you know? Because mm-hmm. that's what the iPhone did, right? It's like here. Here, we know what smartphones look like now <laughs> and what they do, right? And it's like, whoever knows that, but it's like, not, we're not there. You know, it's like a couple of years away. And it's not going to be Apple, I feel like, right? Like, that's the thing that will. We'll, we'll, Probably not. Yeah. I just, I don't imagine it really for them. I don't know, though. They really did it with the AirPods, you know? I mean, like, I think that, and they just were a surprise. And it's like, Apple could be and is, right? We know that they are working on this problem you gotta hope so and probably have been for years yeah. oh i'm sure yeah. they are now maybe it doesn't amount to anything but i bet so maybe it just comes out and they're maybe not the first or maybe they are but they they could easily because again i think it's that having that um the patience to wait for years and let the culture develop and be designing the whole time that's what does it unless you just get lucky right i mean have you guys seen <laughs> Have you? I'm I'm sure, Mike, that you've seen the like video replacing different language stuff with the mouth and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like that is pretty compelling. Did you guys see the Lex Friedman Zuckerberg? Yeah. Like VR podcast yeah. interview thing. I don't know. I, heard, I, I didn't see it. I no. don't. Pretty remarkable. I just I've seen it and like and I can't bring myself to allow myself to believe it. Like I've seen it. Right. I don't think it's fake. Yeah. But I don't. I mean think that it's Lex fake, guy, I mean, but it's like. <laughs> It can't be that good. Just 
Did I? And you give it a year, <laughs> yeah. you won't be able to tell, right? Yeah. Like you will not be. You can tell it's like kind of video gamey. So what is the story of that? It was generated in real time, like matching their. Yeah. So what happens is Facebook has this whole scanning thing where you can go in for like an hour or two and they scan and you draw these expressions and it maps your face. And then as mm-hmm. you ta- you're wearing full VR goggles, no, not mixed, but just, well, you know, it's full, no vision. And then it, I don't, I'm sure it's looking at the top of your mouth or whatever, but it's listening to you talk. And then it's in real time making a 3D avatar of you projecting in space with the other person. And it is so realistic that it's pretty shocking. The graphics are easily peggable as like CG. Mm-hmm. They're, they're good, but yeah. you can see it. The thing that's remarkable mm-hmm. is the facial expressions and eye ticks and stuff. Because like I yeah. like Friedman, I listen to his podcast a decent amount, but it's always on YouTube with video. So I'm used to seeing him talk in the exact same way a lot visually. And it's, it's the same. Like it's uncanny how it's capturing the subtle stuff. That to me is what's remarkable. Obviously the graphics, like the, the polygon count will go up, but like, that is the thing where it's like, oh, and so I mean, it doesn't. I don't even think it really needs to go up that much, right? Like it is very, very <laughs> impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good, but it will get better, right? Yeah, yeah. it will get better. This is exactly what I was pining for with the Vision Pro announcement. This mm-hmm. kind of virtual space gathering instead of what we got, which is like here's a floating rectangle. And you can have FaceTime with floating rectangles. You know? I just, because it's just, it's, we're not near there. We're not near, like, Apple's thing's coming next year, right? Like, it's, you know. Yeah. Because he had to go into a special studio that they built yeah. and do it. Yeah. And he's like, and Mark yeah. Zuckerberg's yeah. like, yeah, we actually think this is easier than we think to be able to do it on a consumer level. But yeah, we're probably a ways away from consumers being able to input the like to program the model basically with yeah. their features. But I would have been, I mean, I don't want to retread what I said, but like I would have been fine with Memoji style cartoons and then you slowly build a path to get there. But I bet Apple just knows at scale they can't do it yet. I would be surprised if when they show it off again, they spend that much time talking about the, the digital persona that they showed off. I, I think that that is maybe the thing that hasn't landed. I, I, I'm not sure that that's landed. Yeah. And, and I don't yeah. think they're going to get rid of it. Uh, but I would be surprised if they spent a lot of time talking about like FaceTime like, uh, the second time around. Well, but, but think about this. Like you already have the device that's going to 3D capture your expressions mm-hmm. and stuff. It's an iPhone. Yep. And so it's like maybe it is just a year or maybe two at the most, I would guess, but I'm guessing just a year of being able to take your iPhone, do a thing, just like Face ID, and it captures a really good representation of your face. I think they will be able to do it. Like, I do. And and I and I think they're yeah. gonna keep working on it. And I think that like like they already showed off at the time, right? That like it was gonna get better. Like they actually had a demo of it during yeah. WWDC. It's just a video, but I, I just don't. I'm not sure that that really landed that well. Like and 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 it it kind of maybe leans a little bit into the dystopian part for a lot of people. And so, but but I think it won't so much when it's really good. And I, and I just don't think that that was really good it was it was fine but it was weird but the facebook thing with like freedom that, I, is that really was good. literally a moment yeah. for me that i'm gonna remember yeah. where it was like i you know i'm very involved in this like, i keep track of like what's going on and all this stuff and it was a visceral like oh 
okay, I actually would get this headset and chat with my friends or like loved ones. Because the way that like, I mean, I know I'm like going out like this Lex guy, I like familiar with him a lot. And he's like very genuine. And he's a technologist, like he's an MIT trained like engineer. He builds robots in his spare time kind of guy. And his reaction that was filmed of the initial like them being in the same virtual space, he was like shocked. <laughs> he was like, oh, wait, whoa. And just like had his glee on his face for like five minutes. Yeah, that's the clip that I've seen. Like I've just seen the clip go and he's yeah. like, but wait, we're really close. And it was like, he's very, but like, and I've experienced stuff like that too, but like not to that level. Cause it's like a, yeah. it genuinely, like I'm more familiar with Zuckerberg, right? But like, it looks like him yeah. and it, mm. just, it just looks yeah. like it's yeah. him talking and they're having a yeah. conversation. It's yeah. very impressive. Like I, I recommend people I think skim for, through I'm, the video at least. Yeah, I would totally watch the first yeah. couple minutes of it just because you can tell it's about the spatialness that actually we're not getting when we're seeing it on a 2D screen, but the spatialness mm-hmm. of it where it's like, it's like I feel like we're just sitting right here. And I think that's the yes, value. 100%. And, that's, and again, ha- having not used these, but that's always what Ben Thompson was saying in his bullishness of using the metaverse Facebook thing is like the uh, 3D graphics is, uh, is on the other scale of what so you're just terrible. describing, like incredibly crude, <laughs> yeah. like worse than Nintendo Wii, you know, <laughs> level graphics. And it's incredibly compelling mm-hmm. because of that spatial aspect where you can actually move, move your head and, yeah, and look around and it feels tethered to like a spatial a awareness yeah. that you're used to with your own vision. And so that is where... I would like to see Apple go versus here's the grid of FaceTime floating in your hotel room or whatever. And look, maybe all of this for them, like this, like VR and then the AI and all that, like maybe this is all that going together, right? Like, you know, like maybe there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of companies and they've got their AI pins and their AI necklaces and their AI, like light on the top of your head kind of thing, right? That like a mountaineer's light or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> Apple waits an extra 10 years and they're like, no, we now built the glasses so you can view all the mixed reality stuff and it has an outward facing camera. And so you can talk to Siri and you can like ask it all about the world and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like, and yeah. then we're back to that. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll use Apple as the example, but it could be another company, but it's, that's what the iPhone of this is, right? Which is like, it's yeah. not, mm-hmm. huh, it's not just one thing. It's, it's like it's multiple features an internet communication device (laughs) are you kidding because maybe it isn't like these 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 like single purpose devices are just not wholly compelling enough to be considered the iphone of Mm -hmm. ai but it needs well and and i just think the scale for apple in particular like it's got to be at a certain scale or it's not worth them doing like the biggest scale and so uh yeah you know i also wonder i just had this stray thought of like there is there is going to be no iphone of ai it's more like netflix where you just try to get on everything and spread as far of a net as you can so it's like you work out a software layer where it's like, oh, you're built into the iPhone and the watch and AirPods or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Alexa, you know, and your Echo device or whatever. Like, it's just, that's what it is. It it, it lives in all these other devices instead of like, oh, you have to buy this specific hardware. Well, thing. I think that depends. Like, I agree with that. 
except for the fact of like who are the companies that are going to be the leaders in the space, right? Because like mm-hmm. if it's Amazon or Google or Microsoft or Apple, like they're not going to want that. And and I think it's starting to look mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. OpenAI doesn't want that either. Like they want mm-hmm. they want to be the destination. Like you, you oh, come yeah. to them, they don't go to you. Like it's starting to feel like that where it, there could be a scenario where you're right. Like the winner could be the company that integrates with everyone and then they're just prolific and they're out there. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. these days people want to be the platform. They don't want to be a little bit, right? I bet OpenAI wants to be both. I bet they want to be a middle layer like, enterprise solution and then also consumer like yeah i bet both just maybe uh, i've we haven't seen that yet though from them i don't think i think i apparently i just heard they had like i think it's like a a tremendous amount of recurring revenue and i don't think people don't know if it's like from consumer or like b2b enterprise stuff yet but that will be a big signal yeah i'm just like but it is it's kind of uh it's interesting it's cool that we get to like watch this play out i mean it's like it's it's funny how it seems so inevitable that in like three to five years, like that whole her reality that's portrayed in that movie is like extremely likely in the next couple of years. Yeah. And it's just like, that's pretty I'm still, interesting that we... I'm still a little bit scared of it. Like, I'm still a little bit scared yeah, of it, but I'm becoming, I'm turning a corner now where I am more just like like taking my hands off the wheel and just like all right let's go like let's just see right like because the iphone was really good yeah. like i i really like that so you know and i i maybe that would have been scary to me wheel. but like it is i'm in kind of that mode now where it's like i'm still not sure about this whole area of technology but at this point yeah there's nothing i can do about it so i'm i'm starting to allow myself to just like See what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm start and I'm using <laughs> I'm using ChatGPT more and more, like still for very small mm-hmm. things, but just like simple stuff, stuff that I find complicated that other people don't, and so I don't like. So it's like, help me write this yeah. paragraph better, you know, just like little things like that, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, and I'm intrigued to try mm-hmm. out their new. Um, they have like a new voice mode, right? Which could be kind of cool. Yeah. So I'm which intrigued is to it on that. my app? I don't. I can't understand. It's rolling who it's available out to or not. slowly. Oh, okay. It's like one of those like stage rolling things. And I guess we'll just yeah. see what happens. But it still is like the whole, the whole area is still intimidating to me. I think. But well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny. I'm gonna have this weird position where I'm like very much involved in following the news of it and a little bit technically, and but I just have a lot of resistance to actually getting down and dirty with any of the actual implementations of it because it's moving so quickly that it feels pointless investing energy in any of these things. It's like, (laughs) what? Okay. And then in a week, it's going to be... So, like, I'm not going to be a better prompt engineer because it's like, just wait two months, you know? So that's kind of like where I'm, like, I'm following it and, like, interested and use it some, but, like, it just feels like not. it's not worth taking the time because like especially like just saying that like about prompt engineering you've got to assume like open ai don't want people to do that i have to think that way right like 
their success is if people aren't oh, thinking yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. No, they like, want you to not have yeah. to do tricks. So, yeah. like, trying yeah. to even well, learn totally that is not... I don't know how useful that point. is, right? Like It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I better get on my Pascal real quick so I can, you know... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't... It's just, like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and so... Yeah. I'm very extremely interested. It's like right in my wheelhouse. But uh, yeah, I actually don't engage that much because it's just like, what's the, what's the point? It's just going to change in like a week. <laughs> so it's, it's cool, though. It's fun. I mean, it's really crazy. And mm-hmm. we're just imagine, I'll tell you what, the next election, like a year from now, leading up to the next election is going to be bonkers. Post that election in the US is going to be, I think, when we all snap into okay, we better do something about this because I think it's going to yeah. be real crazy. Oh, talk about bringing the mood so. down at the end, man. We're all so excited about, <laughs> so, so excited about Johnny. Yeah, hey, I have, have that to look forward to. But it's got to happen. We got to, we have, it, we, yeah. it has to happen. Yeah, like right. we got to, it's like a cultural growth thing that we have to go through and it's like, it's going to be interesting for sure, I think. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 104.